Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 255 and Davison Dice Dugea, Figueredo versus Alex Perez. And Shaq is going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. The flyweight title is on the line. And it's nice to have a violent champion in Davison Figueredo who is out here finishing these fights in emphatic fashion. But I'll tell you what, he's got a serious challenge ahead of him in Alex Perez. Yeah, man, you know, I've been a big fan of both these guys for a long time. I mean, I remember when both of them, you know, were making their come their come up. So I remember seeing uh, Davison Figueredo, remember back in <clears throat> uh, Jungle Fights, knocking out my boy Dennis Fontes, and I think I think we knew right then and there, a star one day, man. And, and you know, now he's the uh, champ, you know, knocked out Benavidez, submitted him. I mean, I know we remember that war with Pantoja a year, a year or so ago, and Perez, man, this guy, uh, ever since that layoff he had, man, he came in and he handling business. You know, the, we've seen how he how he uh, handled Juicy Formiga's last fight and Espinosa, the fight before that. So, you know, the kid's super talented, the first uh, contender series alum to, to be in the title fight, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Um, so, yeah, it's a big fight, man. And the flyweight division is so fun now. You know, I remember... Back when you know that our our uh that champ that we had for for that guy in one FC, you know, no, I'm just kidding, Demetrius, one of the all time greats. But you know, uh, just you know, man, things kind of got stale, and that's not you know Demetrius's fault. Is just you know, hey, be you, you know, do you, and that's what you know, do what he wants to do. He's one of the greatest of all time. But now that you know he's in one FC, man, it's just wide open. You got Figueroa, like you said, one of the more violent champions, and then you got these. Young kids like on the undercard like Moreno and Raw Dog Royval and uh, Askar Askarov, man. So, you know, uh, I love this division now. I mean, it's just nice that we got a champion that's out here being violent. I mean, you remember, like, no disrespect to DJ, he accomplished some great things, but you remember when he was champ, they were talking about shutting down the flyweight division. They had enough of that shit, but with Davison, he really brought some life back to that division, and now young up-and-coming flyweights have something to aspire for, and uh, they can see that, hey, this is a division that's going to stick around, and you can be a violent champion. You can be a guy that's out here finishing fights and really put on, bringing the excitement back to the flyweight division. So I actually think that started with Henry Cejudo because you remember when he knocked out TJ Dillashaw, but Davison Figueredo is definitely following in his footsteps, and uh, it's amazing to see. Yeah, and when he beat Demetrius Johnson, you know what I'm saying? It's, an, it's unfortunate uh, we didn't get to see the trilogy, but hey, you know, he, uh, you know they, they did the trade, and if that wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't have had, you know, hashtag five seconds. So, you know, I guess it all worked out in the end. I mean, listen, according to, uh, to to quote Chris Lieben, he went to Japan where the competition's a little easier. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't blame him, but uh, look, all bullshit is he, is aside. He, is, he fighting, is he fighting Lineker soon? Uh, no, nah, that's, that's, you know he doesn't want that fight. He's going to fight a couple no-names no. instead, but... Uh, He's going to fight a I'm, Jap instead. <laughs> yeah, you already know the deal, but uh, oh, listen... <laughs> so we're going to break down this car start to finish here in a sec but first up we got to let the fans know that support for half the battle is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels and Shaq, you already know the deal you don't want to deal with any grooming accidents you want to make sure if you got a girl coming over you got to make sure she lets her friends know that you're well kept you're well groomed you're manscaped and that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. 
And their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower as well. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded the 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20, all caps, BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. That's that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BATTLE20. Your balls will thank you. She'll thank you. And Shaq, uh, the fans already know the deal. You buy that Manscaped, uh, you buy from Manscaped and you use that promo code BATTLE20. You send us a screenshot. We'll match it with the Best Five Picks package. Man, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, <laughs> these are top-notch products, man. I, I notice the difference every single day. Can't say a bad thing about it, and and I think uh, all of their products, man, are can are useful, man. Like they all help. So get those get those Manscaped products. That's right. Go to Manscaped.com. Use that promo code Battle Twenty, all caps, Battle Twenty for twenty percent off and free shipping. Now, Shaq, let's get right down to business because first up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Louis Kose. He's seven and zero, and Sasha Palatnikov is five and two. Currently, they got Louis Kose minus 410. The comeback on Sasha Palatnikov is plus 330. I think this is an exciting fight, man. These two are probably going to stand and bang until one man falls. You know, Louis Kose, all his wins, all his fights are him winning by first round knockout. And uh, with this kid Palatnikov, he's knocked some people out as well. One thing I'll, I'll give an edge to for Palatnikov is the fact that he's been past the first round in a pro fight. He's won a couple decisions. He's also lost to some tough competition. You know, he got knocked out by Munir Lazez, who looked amazing in his UFC debut. And he also lost to that guy that fought William Knight on Contender Series. Remember that first guy William Knight fought that like took his back a bunch of times and then eventually lost in the third round? Uh, yeah, uh, Sasha was in there with that guy but i think lewis kose might be the more explosive guy might be the harder hitter so i'm gonna roll with him to get this the, another first round knockout it's just um i wouldn't quite lay the chalk at this number because we don't know what happens if he goes past the first and you know he's not quite proven he's still both guys have had less than 10 pro fights but i'll roll with the favorite lewis kose to get it done yeah you know i'm gonna go with kose uh, as well you know uh i just see him coming out here putting the pressure on this guy and getting the early knockout you know i know he's been training uh, at Alpha Male, and you know they're on a roll lately. So you know I'm gonna go with the Kosuke. When is his brother fighting? He was supposed to fight Dolby, but he pulled out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was supposed to be on this card, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Kyle Dacus. He's nine and one, and Dulst and Dustin Stoltz and Dustin Stoltzfus is thirteen and one. Currently, they got. Kyle Dawkins minus 310. The comeback on Dustin Stoltzfus is plus 255. I think this is a great fight, man. Actually, it's interesting because odds makers were saying minus 150 for Kyle Dawkins on the opener, but the public steamed it all the way to minus 310. They're showing no respect to the German uh, Stoltzfus here. How do you view this? Do you think it's one-sided, or do you think this is going to be a fun competitive matchup? Yeah, man, you know, uh, this is an interesting matchup. You know, I did do some digging because – 
Man, the guy uh, Stolfus, the, the the well, he's actually from Pennsylvania. But man, I was actually impressed with this uh, contender series. I know it kind of ended in a weird way with breaking the dude's arm, but hey, bro, I mean, he his arm got broken due to fighting uh, Dustin Stolfus. You know what I'm saying? And it was a nice slam. And you know, Dawkins, I like him. Turns out Big Bro might actually be better than uh might be better <laughs> than Little Bro. Cause you know, Big Bro's out here smoking people in, in you know in no time. But you know, Dacus, man, I, I like the kid. I think he's talented. I just don't like think they people should be putting this much confidence into him in this spot, man. Stolfus is super experienced. And I get I mean, look, yeah, Dacus is I will say, yeah, he's the more well rounded guy in He's got better striking, and Stolfus is a little stiff, and he gets hit. But man, Stolfus is a is a is a little specialist, and I've seen him knock dudes out before. And Dawkins' wrestling is what really you know makes me hesitant with him in this spot, man. He he likes to you know rely on the submission ability a lot and, and go to his back, and you know, and some of these fights I've seen him get wobbled. Um, man, I forget who, but in case for man, he got wobbled against somebody. Uh. uh the dude that Antonio Arroyo fought this dude too on Contender Series, man, I forget his name, but uh, a guy with cornrows, but yeah, Regman, 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 and uh, Regman wobbled him, and, and then the Brendan Allen fight, you know, a, a similar, you know, grappling style, uh, you know, he struggled with that as well, got dropped with a knee. I like the kid, I think he's scrappy, and I think he's very tough, and I and I see why he's favorited, but man, Stolfus is underrated to me and i feel like he's got very good wrestling and i feel like he's just uh you know maybe that experience in year in, in europe on that german scene kind of you know uh maybe has him a little bit more mature mentally if you can kind of catch my drift if, if this becomes like a a, a deep waters type of fight but look Dawkins is talented but man from a, a betting perspective it's still fits our pass for me man i, I think uh, he, he's underrated in this spot um, you know, both from Philly. I know, I know the Dawkins, the Dawkins bros are, are super hyped up right now. But man, I'm gonna take Stolfus, man, in the upset. Yeah, listen, I kind of lean Dawkins, but I lean him like minus one fifty, minus one sixty. I think minus three ten is getting a little bit out of hand. I was also impressed with Stolfus on the on Contender Series and his regional tape. The guy's very well rounded, um, and Dawkins. Listen, man. He's one of these guys. He's very long for the weight class. You know, he's six foot three. He's very durable. He can take an ass whooping. Uh, I hope that they have you know some scrambles on the mat because that would be very very exciting to see. I'm curious who would get the better of that if they did. And then on the feet, uh, man, it, it, it's tough. This is a tough fight to call. So I agree, it's a dog or pass situation. I'll slightly lean Dacus, but I don't think he's going to look minus three ten in this spot. I think it's going to be a close back and forth fight where he might be able to kind of edge out a decision maybe get one more takedown maybe get one back take to kind of seal it on the judges scorecards but i view this being a very close and, com and competitive fight and i wouldn't be surprised if it went either way now next up in the welterweight division we got alan brahma juban he's 16 and 7 he's welcoming jared nitrain gooden who's 17 and 4 to the ufc currently they got Alan Juban minus 150 and Jared Gooden 
is plus 130. So I know the fans have been waiting for this breakdown for a long time. Shout out to my boy Nitrain. You know, got to represent the old school choo-choo Nitrain shirt from back in the day. So listen, I'm just going to give the fans a heads up. I'm very biased. Jared Gooden is a friend of mine, is a friend of Shaq, is a friend of ours. And I mean, when I say friend, I don't mean we, you know, I, I sent him a message one time and he liked it. I mean, this guy's been to my house multiple times. I look out for my boy Jared Gooden. So I've been hearing a lot of shit uh, that people have been saying about him, and I'm going to address that in a sec. But first, I want to talk about Brahma Juban because Alan Juban's a guy I've had a lot of respect for for a very long time, man. I mean, I remember when people used to give Alan shit for being a male model, and I was always like, why would you give him shit? Are you jealous? Because the way he fights, he fights like a fucking man. I, I like Alan Juban. I've always been a fan of Alan Juban, and he's a guy I always enjoy watching, and he's a guy I got a lot of respect for. But he's also a guy that turns 39 in a week from now. He's also a guy that if you listen to all his interviews, he's saying that, listen, I got five fights left on my contract, but I'm not quite sure I'm going to go out here and finish the five fights. He's going to take it one fight at a time. He even said that after this fight, he wants to sit down with his coaches and have a real hard look, like have a true assessment of what his performance is like. So in other words, Brahma is one or two fights away from retirement. He even said he he was he was unhappy fighting a newcomer. He wanted to fight guys like Carlos Condit and Matt Brown, fellow <laughs> veterans. So, so uh, listen, but uh, as far as uh, Jared is concerned, so I've been hearing a lot of bullshit about Jared's first round or bust. Oh, really? So that so explain why he's got a bunch of third round finishes on his record, like third round flying knees, third round Superman punches. Explain why when he went five rounds with Mike Graves, who, by the way, beat Vicente Luca and Randy Brown, and Jared won the fourth round in that fight. So how the fuck is he first round or bust? And I've shout seen him win decisions in LFA shout too. Out, shout out to my boy Mike Graves. What's he been up to? Man, you know, it's too bad about the shit that people heard about with Mike Graves because he's actually a really nice guy. You and I know that firsthand. But man, he won a couple fights and then he fell off the radar. No, no one ever he took heard a from him. Fight. I think he took a fight. Uh, in oh, yeah, does he got one coming up? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me look that up because uh, Mike Graves is actually a really nice guy. He's got a fight coming up uh, uh, next week, actually, or maybe right. even this weekend. Okay, so he's fighting a 20 and 6 guy. So good to see Mike Graves uh, back in there. But, anyways, the other thing people criticize Jared for is the Bruno Oliveira fight, which, look, it was a brutal finish. We're not we're not going to debate that. But how come no one mentions the fact that, like, look, everyone says, oh, Bruno Oliveira, the guy that just lost on Contender Series. How come no one mentions the fact that he lost on Contender Series at 205, Shaq, at 205 pounds? Jared's a welterweight. Jared had no business in there with Bruno Oliveira. And not only that, when Jared got the call to fight Bruno Oliveira, he was told, hey, it's this 36-year-old Brazilian coming off a layoff. This is a tune-up fight. This is some random bump. So Jared's like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. He didn't know that it was this six foot five guy with an 81-inch reach, you know, this Johnny Walker-looking dude. So it was what it was. He had no business in there. And, and after that fight, because you remember, Jared would come over to the crib and be like talking about how, dude, I can't be stopped. I can't be knocked out. I'm invincible. <laughs> you I, I, know, I know Shaq remembers all that shit. So that was actually a blessing in disguise because that humbled him. Now he's taking shit more seriously. Now he knows 170 is his proper weight class. He's taking the diet serious. And um, now he's on a win streak. And then the other thing people criticize him for, they bring up this fight that 
he had against a guy with a 3-13 and record. So he already had 15 wins up until that point, but you're going to bring up the 3-13 and guy, which is like, do you know why he took that fight? He took that fight because Mick Maynard said, if you get on a two-fight win streak and finish two fights against any opponent, you're in the UFC. So he's like, okay, let me just go finish this bum real quick, and I'm in. Like, like So I, I people just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But as far as this matchup is concerned with Alan Juban, listen, Alan's a very talented uh, southpaw striker. He's a well-rounded guy. He's experienced, and you know, if Jared plays around like he used to back in the day, there's a chance that Allen could catch him with a head kick. But Jared's been taking shit seriously since that Bruno fight. He's got a different kind of mindset now. He's got a different kind of confidence. And you already know about his forward pressure. He's had his entire career and his volume. You know, when you look at a guy with that physique, you think he's going to come out here throwing big hooks and big bombs. But he's actually he actually works behind his jab. He's got a nice volume style. He's got good pressure, good leg kicks. He can mix in takedowns as well. He's a brown belt in jujitsu. Um, I think, uh, and he's 12 years younger than Alan Juban as well. I think this is a good matchup. Actually, when uh, we were at, when we were talking about who do we want Jared to fight for his UFC debut, Alan Juban was one of the names we mentioned. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very happy with this matchup. So I think Jared comes out here. I think he knocks out Alan Juban in the first round. I think he gets a 50K bonus. And I think people are going to uh, start talking about Jared Gooden in a higher light. So I got Jared Nitra and Gooden to beat Juban in his UFC debut. Yeah, man, you know, I'm super excited for this fight, man, you know, obviously biased, and look, I'll just say the facts, I mean, look, Juban, I mean, he's a straightforward, you know, exciting southpaw with the left kick, the straight left, you know, the left uppercut, all those, you know, left side shots, and we know that he's aging, but progressively, I see a guy that is trying to be less exciting, I mean, look at his last fight, Dwight Grant, he, you know, he kind of backed up and you know kind of the action was kind of slow and i mean let's let me just go through the the list of vicious knockouts and, and you know mixed in with the the age remember the albert Tumenov uh knockout loss back in the day i mean even in his wins i, mean, I know you remember that seth Bozinski fight back in the day you know uh, that he got that knockout in but i mean you remember he, he was on the ropes like you know <laughs> shortly uh before that and then i know you the ben saunders fight although it was a a good win. I mean, you know, there were some uh, shaky moments, some shots that he took where it was like, okay, he is getting on the uh, tail end. And, and, you know, it's not surprising, man. And look, he's had a great run, beat Mike Perry. It was Mike Perry's uh, first loss. But, man, I see this uh, this matchup just being like a, a good spot where, you know, you got the big uh, age difference between the two Jareds, like my age, uh, you know, and Juban's uh, 39. Then you got the fact that Jared has a volume style, and Juban gives up the center pretty much every single fight. Just watch watch his last few fights. I mean, he's getting pushed back the entire time. I mean, you know, my boy Gunnar Nelson is out here, you know, having him, you know, doing doing the whip and the nene and the stanky <laughs> leg. And, and, and that's not the only time. What about the time down in, in Mexico City when Nico Price had him doing the, the whip, the nene, and the stanky leg? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, there's been, there's been plenty of moments. It's more than like four or five, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, J- Jared, you know, a lot of – I feel like he could be a, an example of, you know, sometimes you see these dudes on, on YouTube, you know, a little briefly and you're like, ah, oh, this dude ain't that good. But, you know, when he gets in the UFC, it's a, it's a, it's a little different. And I feel like that's probably going to be the case here, man. I feel like we haven't seen anywhere near the best version of Jared just because, you know, I, I do know, you know, some behind the scenes things going on and, you know, let's just say, um, you know, we have sometimes Jared hasn't always been fully, uh, you know, 
you know, doing the right thing. So, and, and he's, you know, had the 17 and four record, you know, he, he's kind of been able to, to get away with it, but the talent and the, and the heart and the will is there. And it's a perfect spot, man. The volume in the late round is, is going to be a big difference. And, you know, uh, I feel like we haven't seen the best version. We have seen the best version of Alan Juban. His chin is diminishing. In my opinion, I mean, I saw him in the hotel, you remember, in, in Atlanta, you know, during fight week. I mean, let's just be honest. Between you and me, did that look like a dude that wanted to, f- to fight then? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then he, uh, you know, put on that stinker of a fight, you know. I mean, the crowd was booing the entire time I was there. But no, no, no. But no. Juban's got a nice southpaw style. And yeah, he is the, the better striker in the early ons. But I feel like the, the longer this fight goes, you know, the, sec- the when it gets into the second and third rounds, I feel like that forward pressure of Gooden is going to eventually get to him. You know, he'll counter something and get Alan no wobble like he's done several times. You know, before the Bruno Oliveira fight, bro, we know what was going on. I mean, it was a uh, it was chaos. And, you know, uh, and the, the three and 13 guy, you know, that, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what was going on before that, too, man. And this fight, I know for facts that everything was done the right way. So, you know, I think uh, he's going to come out here and get the win. And another thing, uh, you know, because people talk about how he's a bit hittable because, you know, sometimes he does like to play around in there. He hired a boxing coach for this fight. So that's a step in the right direction. So I'm hoping you to know, see uh, a little tightened up boxing. I got a I got a feeling all the. All of Gwinnett County is going to be saying choo-choo on Saturday night, you know. <laughs> choo-choo, motherfucker. Let's go, Nitran. Now, next up, also in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Nicholas Dalby. He's 18-4, and four, and Daniel Rodriguez is 13-1. and one. Currently, they got Daniel Rodriguez minus 310. The comeback on Nicholas Dalby is plus 255. So, listen... Rodriguez has proven to be a, a good prospect in the welterweight division, man. Beat Tim Means his first time out. Goes out there against a newcomer and Gabe Green. Puts up a serious striking output. And then overcomes a knockdown against Dwight Grant, who's one of the hardest hitters at 170. And go, comes back to knock him out. So I've been very impressed. Uh, listen, Dalby is no slouch, man. Dalby's a guy that has a win over Zaleski in Brazil, Shaq. Has a win over Alex Oliveira with the ref's help, but still has a, re- a win over Oliveira. And went to a draw with Darren Till. So it's not like Nicholas Dalby is, you know, some spring chicken. But that being said, Rodriguez is one of the biggest favorites on the card. How do you see this one going down? Yeah, man, you know, Dalby, you know, he's a high-paced fighter. He likes to switch stance. Uh, but, you know, he the issue with Dalby has always been, you know, the deal is chin. I mean, he's been dropped several times throughout his UFC career. Uh, I mean, the last one was very vicious, squared up his stance. And it's been an issue... Even back when he was uh, in making his comeback at, you know, in Cage Warriors, like against guys like Carlo Petersali and, you know, uh, I forget the dude's name, Ross Houston. I mean, these are fights where, you know, he's getting dropped back and forth and, and you know, uh, you know, he was able to uh, pull out the wins. But against my, my boy D-Rod, that, uh, there's not going to be none of that going on, man. Uh, D-Rod, he's just got a, a nice, solid, underrated boxing attack, man. You know, stood in the pocket with team, Tim Means and outboxed him. Eventually got the uh, submission. Like you said, the punch count against Rodriguez, uh, Gabe Green was super high. Short notice fight there. And then Dwight Grant, man, just the ability to – the second, you know, he survived that. I mean, a lot of dudes would have got stopped there. You know, Carlo Petersali was, you know, saying early stoppage uh, when Dwight Grant hit him with that shot. You know what I'm saying? And uh, – 
who else did uh, Dwight Grant knock out? Uh, Zombie Hill, you know, those dudes were asleep when uh, Dwight Grant hit him with that shot. But, man, the second D-Rock got back up, man, the way he broke him right after that was just super vicious, man. This guy's got good instincts. He's a real fighter, man. I think uh, that's what kind of is separating him from the pack, uh, from uh, from some of these other 170 prospects. Like, he, he really goes after it, man. He's a little older, too, so he's not like a – uh, young, you know, stupid, you know, like, kid or anything, like, he's like 33, 34, so I see him coming in here, you know, Dolby, he's gonna come in with a good game plan, you know, like he always does, but the second D-Rod finds a home for that left, he will feel it, just like he felt it against Zach, just like how he felt it against Till, just like how he felt it against Ronson, I mean, that Ronson fight with Sabata, just like how he felt it against Peters, so, uh, just like how he felt it against Carlo Pedersali. So, you know, uh, I, I see D-Rod uh, coming out here and getting a finish win. Yeah, I mean, look, one of the things that made Nicholas Dalby so exciting was that, like, he was that dude that you'd be able to, like, hit him with a baseball bat and he'd keep coming forward. So it made for great fights. I mean, you guys remember the Darren Till draw where he got floored in that first round and comes back in the third round and gets a 10-8 and got the draw. That was one of the best fights of that year. But, man, progressively... He hasn't fixed up that, you know, striking defense hole in his game, and he still gets clipped, but now he's not recovering as much, you know what I mean? So, like you said, I could see it be going, you know, I could see it being competitive in the early going until D-Rod lands that fight-ending blow, and when he does, I'm not convinced that uh, Dolby's getting back up, so I'm going to go with Daniel Rodriguez to make it 4-0 and in the UFC, and uh, I'm looking forward to see who they match him up with next. Speaking of... Uh Speaking of Jesse Ronson, you heard he uh, popped. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out was it in competition or out of competition. Like, are they going to overturn that win or not? No, nah, it's out of competition. So, okay, you know that that dude is like one of the biggest <laughs> self sabotagers I've ever seen in my <laughs> dude, life. Like now he's suspended for two years. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> like you know, be, you know, before the Dolby fight, he was supposed to fight someone else. Was I don't know if it was Carlos Diego or someone else, and like he. F- had a yeah. botch wake up so that they cut him yeah, again it was somebody yeah he was supposed to fight carlos diego and then kyle nelson fought him and then um fucking then he was supposed to fight somebody else i forget so yeah i mean at least they didn't take away that 50k bonus from ronson so at least you know he he still got his biggest career uh mm-hmm. paycheck today so we're you know he's good you, you know it's funny you don't get the 50k immediately after it takes a minute so <laughs> Yeah, it's been enough time that hopefully he got it because, man, could you imagine they overturn that win, take away his win bonus and his 50K? That would suck, man. That would really suck. Remember when uh, Pat Healy lost all that money that one night back in the day and they gave it to uh, Caraway? Uh, yeah, how could, I, how could I forget? You know, And then Caraway started making some smart-ass uh, comments like, I, I didn't tell him to smoke weed. I was like, Yo, Brian, just take the money and shut up, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, Ronson can fight this off and uh, have it not be that big of a deal, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Antonina Shevchenko. She's eight and two, and Arian Lipsky is thirteen and five. Currently, they got Antonina Shevchenko minus one sixty. The comeback on Arian Lipsky is plus one forty. So this actually opened a dead pick em, maybe even a slight lean towards Lipsky. Uh, man, this is a tough one to call because it's like, you know, that path to victory is there in terms of like taking down Shevchenko, her takedown defense is pretty bad, but like the people that have exploited that are like Roxanne Maldaferi, who, you know, also beat Macy Barber and Andrea Lee and, um, 
Chukagan, who was ranked like top three in the world at the time. Do you think Lipsky, you know, with that fucking <laughs> coach she has, you know, the deal, Shaq, you think they're smart <laughs> enough to get this game plan going? Oh, uh, that coach. <laughs> you know, that it's funny because, you know, that coach, he actually, he's actually possibly might be heading in the right direction. You know, I, I saw, I looked at Lipsky's IG, you know, they did bring in my boy Suhudo to teach her some, uh, the teacher, okay, some wrestling, Sahuda okay. was down there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, she's been training with Jennifer Maya, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, she she's getting in some uh, some good training. And, man, you know, look, I know y'all have heard me shit on uh, my girl Lipsky. Uh, but, you know, look, maybe maybe things are uh, maybe things are turning a little bit, man. You know, I feel like maybe some of these, you know, they, they put all these pressures on, you know, these prospects sometimes, man. They... They give them commercials before their debut. They, uh, you know, uh, you know K, the, the KSW hype machine. And look, she was a, a product of it. And, and we know that KSW, they kind of do pad those records down there. And, you know, her, hers was a case of one of those. But look, I feel like now we can say she's paid her due. She took her lumps in the UFC. She took those two ass whoopings. And, and she took them. The third performance wasn't that great either. But hey. Ariane Lipsky pulled off a, a knee bar her last fight, man. That's that's got to be some type of uh, involvement, and you know, like uh, in the in the right direction. I mean, Ariane, like I was, she had to think to do that, man. So I feel like she is getting more comfortable, and 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 I think that there's a chance that you know maybe the pressures were just too much, and we might start to see you know better things from her moving forward. Um, I feel like you know as far as the striking goes in this matchup, yeah, Antonina's very disciplined. She you know, basically like her, uh, her cousin, I mean, uh, I mean, her uh, sister, uh, uh, Valentina, you know, with the, the straight left and, and the, in the, the clinch with the knees and, and the basic, uh, you know, kickboxing things. But I think that, uh, Lipsky's got power in her hand. She moves forward and I feel like she is willing to brawl and she looks, she has been outstruck by McCann and, uh, and Jojo 100%. And then there's a chance that happens here, but Man, I got to feel like if I'm a coaching staff, I mean, just knowing Antonina's is like, bro, let's come in with the switch up and, and let's go for the takedowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, as simple as that. Like, fuck the stand. Let's come in like Chukagin every going into that fight. Chukagin, if I'm not mistaken, had landed zero takedowns, you know, in her UFC career, you know. And and, and what did they do? They were like, yeah, let's just uh, <laughs> let's just go for these takedowns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you remember when uh, Park fought uh, – uh, what's his name? Fucking John Phillips, you know, and he had never gotten any takedowns before, but hey, you about to start getting some now, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Lipsky and them are probably going to try to do. I've never been high on Antonina Shevchenko. I mean, and that's just a fact. I, my gut feeling about her it has always just been complete fraud. I, I think, you know, her striking is good, but I just don't think it's anything like, you know, to necessarily like blow your mind you know i feel like her ground game is completely uh you know doesn't exist and i feel like she can be broken too man and i just like no performance you know the lucy put a fight like, lucy put i don't know what the hell like like ever since that aldana fight bro she's just been completely uh you know in the shitter man like it was completely one-dimensional on her side forcing the takedowns uh it was honestly embarrassing and other than that she beat Gian kim you know who you know, I feel like Lipsky has paid her dues, and I think it should just be a 50-50 fight. I don't feel like Antonina should have any edge 
overheard, you know, in any, like, in terms of, like, a, a value thing. Like, I just feel like it should be a pick em. And, and so I'm going to go with the dog. I am actually going to pick uh, my girl, Queen of Violence, Slipsky, to come in here and get this upset. I've never been solo Antonina Shevchenko. And, and I just feel like it's a, you know, where her sister being so good, it's like one of those things where it's kind of tough for her to live up to. But, you know, she's got to set the tone for for little sis. But I got a feeling little sis will be okay, you know. Man, this is a, a tough one for me to call just because of the reasons you mentioned in terms of, like, can we trust Lipsky to come out here and follow the right game plan? Now, I know in the Jong Young Park situation, we were able to trust him to do it, but he actually did do it the fight before. He took down Burial like five times. He also boxed with him, whereas Lipsky, you know, according to the stats, she's basically landed one takedown her entire UFC career, and it was against Joanne Calderwood in her debut doesn't mean she can't do it here. I mean, there's a big path to victory, but I feel like if she tries to test out her stand-up, that she kind of will get picked apart here. I mean, on the feet, she kind of just, she's got power for the women's division. You got to give her credit. She did have a bunch of one-punch knockout power, oh, excuse me, a bunch of one-punch knockouts on her regional footage, and she's dropped girls before, so maybe she can clip uh, uh, Shevchenko, but I, I think Antonina probably picks her apart standing. It just comes down to you know, is Lipsky on the level to where she can exploit that horrific ground game? Because, you know, when like Pudalova tried to take down Shevchenko, you know, Shevchenko was actually able to reverse the position, take her back and choke her out. So it's like you have to be a certain level because the people that have exploited it, Roxanne Modafferi, she's a black belt, and Caitlin Chukagan is top three in the world in that weight class. So I'm not sure, but I do think it's a dog or pass situation. I do agree with the fight being a pick So at the betting window, it's Lipsky or pass. But as a pure pick, I'll slightly lean with uh, Shevchenko because I'm just not sure if Lipsky's going to shoot or not. If she shoots, it could be an, an easier path to victory. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Joaquin Numansa Buckley. He's 11-3. and three, And Jordan, the Beverly Hills Ninja, right, is 11-1. and one. Currently, they got Joaquin Buckley minus 250. The comeback on Jordan Wright is plus 210. So, Shaq, I mean, listen, Joaquin Buckley should definitely be favored here. He's a very aggressive guy, hits really hard. The thing is, should he be favored this much? And the reason I say that is because you already know about this thing, or we're about to name it the 50K curse. And what I mean by the 50K curse is that some of these guys, they get that 50K bonus, and all of a sudden, they think they don't got to train anymore. All of a sudden, they think they're invincible. And this guy didn't just get a 50K bonus. He got what many Many people consider to be the knockout of the year. Now, now he's on Ariel Hawani. Now, all, now everybody gives a shit about him. Now, you know, people are kissing his ass. So, has he took his foot off the gas at all? Is what I'm trying to figure out here. Because if he has, listen, Jordan Wright, he ain't the best. And you pressure Jordan Wright, he will break. But the kid's got some nice spinning kicks, and you know, he's a big boy. So, if if you know Buckley didn't train for this one, there's a chance he could get upset. But if Buckley kept his uh you know head on the grindstone and you know didn't take his foot off the gas just because he got a 50k bonus and isn't slacking off he should win man he's got too much pressure he goes forward which is the style to kind of break that kind of karate taekwondo style you got to get right in their face and that's exactly what buckley does he loves to get right in your face and more more so than that knockout he got against impa i was actually impressed he went out there he double-legged impa like it looked like Prior to the knockout, he was actually the better fighter, which I was surprised about. And against Holland, even though Holland kind of gave him a tour, like he was at least going after Holland. So I think if he goes after Wright the same way, he can put him away. And I think the UFC are kind of trying to, you know, not necessarily give him a softball, but kind of let him get another highlight reel knockout and kind of build this kid up a little bit, you know, instead of rushing him up to another Kevin Holland after that win. So I'm going to go with Buckley via knockout here. 
Yeah, man. You know, to be honest, coming into the fight, I was thinking, oh, you know, Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> you know, uh, that guy is, you know, <laughs> is a complete joke. But, you know, man, to be honest, since the Fluffy Hernandez fight, I actually like what I've seen. I mean, dude's definitely improved. He's definitely been putting in that work. I know he's been training with John Jones and, and uh, you know, Dante Mays. You know, I, I hear he's been riding in, in John Jones's uh and, and all his cars and stuff like that. John's been giving him tips. So, you know, and I hear uh, Anthony Hardnox is coach back home too. So Beverly Hills Ninja, man, I, he's actually improved a lot. I, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking it was about to be an easy win for Joaquin possibly. And it still might be, but I was thinking it was going to be like a, a first exchange type of win. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, look, I like Joaquin Buckley a lot, but I, I still think that, you know, he's still like, what I what I'm saying is I feel like there's a chance that Impa Kasaga and I not that he's not ready for the UFC but you know it, it's just uh, you know Impa looks super slow and hesitant and, and you know it's uh, something you come to expect with guys that young in the game who have only been pro for like not even two years you know what I'm saying uh, eventually they're gonna have a have an off night uh, Beverly Hills Ninja you know he's He's uh, very experienced, paid his dues with that KO loss, had, has a bunch of fights in LFA. So I, I kind of do view him as better than Impa Kusaga. And I know offense to Impa, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, just as of currently, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Impa Kusaga and I only got, like, what, seven fights? And, and you know, Maki Patolo, honestly, in UFC level. So I feel like uh, Buckley still got something to prove, and. And the only thing that worries me with this fight is him backing up. Because, I mean, how tall is Buckley? Like, 5'9"? Five, five, like, he's a short middleweight, man. Like, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, like, not very tall. And, and uh, Jordan Wright's 5'10". Like, and and uh, Jordan Wright's like, what, 6'2"? Yeah, 6'2". Yeah, 6'2". And I do see openings for knees. Buckley likes to duck his head down a lot pretty much before everything everything that he throws and right has the spinning kicks as well. And he does throw the up the middle knees, man. So I kind of did. It was like, I was like, damn, I don't know. This might be a, a little bit of a tougher fight, but I do agree. And look, I'll tell you, Joaquin has been training because he's been putting in work with uh, chaos Williams in Detroit. Cause you know, those are the people that, uh, that uh, cornered him for that fight against Impa Kasag and I was Chaos's Williams team. They were cornering uh, the Quan Townsend that weekend against uh, my boy Dusko. Um, and they cornered him for that fight. So after that uh, knockout win, he went to Detroit. He's been training with uh, Jamal, uh, Jamal Hill, Chaos Williams, you know, that gym. So, you know, he's getting in some uh, some good work. And, and and I feel like, yeah, if he – and one thing I like about Joaquin, man, there's no denying the kid fights hard. I mean, he fucking fights hard. Like, he, and, you know, I, I don't – I feel like he's got that edge over – Beverly Hill, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja Jordan Ray, as where Wright just has more like physical advantages possibly. I'm gonna take Joaquin, but I'm, I think it's gonna be a dogfight, man. I think I've seen Joaquin get knocked out before too. Uh, Joaquin get knocked out, before. not by Kevin Holland, but by someone else. And, and you know, uh, I feel like it could be a tougher fight, but I think that Joaquin's got slightly, you know, more drive. Uh, you know, a slightly a little more uh, just moving forward, throwing more punches, but. At times, you can't forget that at times, man, you know, uh, he kind of does overswing and, you know, kind of overwork himself at times. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what the, uh, what happens in this fight. But I'll take Joaquin by decision. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got, I think, a number one contender matchup between Brandon, the assassin baby Morena, or as I like damn, to call damn, him, you the assassin. 
you disrespecting my boy Askar like that? You know, matter of fact, my boy Askar, my boy Askar said on uh, Twitter that he was like, it's uh, he says, well, firstly, that Moreno is running from him. And then he said that Moreno took an easy fight this weekend. So, you know, <laughs> he said that, uh, he, so that's what he thinks about Roy Vall. He, you know, he said uh, Moreno took an easy fight. Didn't Moreno drop Askarov with a head kick? <laughs> like, how the hell was that fight a draw? But anyways, we got Moreno, the... I like to call him the assassin adolescent. He's 17 and five, and he's taking on Brandon Raw Dog Royval, who's 12 and four. And currently, they got Brandon Moreno minus 190 to come back on Royval's plus 165. So, my thoughts going into this fight were different than my thoughts after I watched some tape. And I'm curious to see which thoughts were correct because it's two different scenarios. The first thought, I mean, pre tape, I was like, I like Royval, but, you know, this is too big of a step up. He's about to get the vet lesson, and, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, Brandon kind of gives him a tour of that octagon, goes out there, solidifies his title shot and all that because he has looked amazing since he came back. But then I watched the tape, and it's like Royval looked amazing in that Kaikar France fight, man. Like, I know the Elliott fight, that was on short notice. You know, he didn't look the best there, but with a full camp against Kaikara, dude, he looked incredible, and he was throwing for every single second that fight lasted. So I was super impressed with that performance, man. And uh, it's just a matter of is this too big of a step up or not. But, I mean, when you perform the way this kid does, that, that's why he's in the position he's in. So this could possibly be a letdown spot for Moreno, who he just beat Formiga. Usually when you beat Formiga, you get the next title shot. You know how this shit works, man. And uh, that wasn't the case. Now Moreno's got to take a step down. So I'm curious, you know, if he's taking it as serious. I'm sure he is. He's a Mexican warrior. You know he's taking it serious. But, man, this could so be a letdown spot. So it's either going to be that Moreno kind of vet lesson or it's going to be, you know, a letdown here. And, you know, Royval might catch him with something. Man, this is so tough for me to call because, like, what I thought going into tape is so different than what I thought after tape. And I kind of feel like, okay, the boxing and the wrestling – favors Moreno, but the Muay Thai and the Jiu-Jitsu favors Royval. So I see it being a close fight. So in a close fight, I'll side with the dog. I'll take Royval for the third straight time in a row to get another upset. I took him against Elliott. I took him against France. I wasn't going to take him here, but I think I'm going to. So I'm going to go with Royval to upset Moreno, and uh, we'll see what he does next. Man, you know, uh, Brandon Moreno has been on quite the run since he's been ba- been back uh, after getting cut. And I think Brandon Moreno, the difference in him is just that he's a, he's a lot more mature, you know, in his second stint than he, uh, than he was in his first stint. You know, I think uh, he got too comfortable, you know, like what Dana said about uh, Ephraim back in the day. You know, he was the, uh, he was the poster, he was the, po- the Mexican poster boy and the kid... You know, the stinker of a, of a fight against Sergio or like, you remember when Brandon was out there acting like he was Kelvin doing, doing this shit. I was like, what you, I was like, Brandon, I mean, I had a bet on Sergio, so I didn't mind, but you know, uh, I mean, he, you know, it wasn't the best performance. And then, you know, he was kind of pulling out of fights here and there. And then the, the Pantoja ass whooping, uh, you know, which was very vicious. That, yeah. That, I mean, the last one was fucking, you know, brutal. Um, but yeah, so then he bounced back, went to LFA and it's funny. Because I, I heard my boy, Roy, Roy, I, look, I've been following this kid, Roy. I've been telling you about Roy Vall for, for a minute now, at least, like, fucking, before, at least before he was in the UFC. I mean, I've always been a fan of this kid. And I always said, like, man, if this kid could clean clean up some stuff, especially that wrestling and, you know, that boxing uh, defense a little bit, 
this kid has like I, I I haven't seen like I would watch his fights on the LFA and I'd be like, damn, this kid is out here like taking chances, man. <laughs> like fucking like this kid's out here jumping for flying arm bars and and you know flying knees and like spinning these spinning elbows that he can land. And you know what really sold me on him, you know, I knew that he'd be in the UFC was that Casey Kenny fight because you know Casey Kenny's a in my opinion a, a top fifteen guy at uh at Bantamweight, and, and Casey Kenny, look, he, be, he beat Roy Val's ass that night, but Roy Val just wouldn't quit, and it even got to the point where, like, you remember when Manny fought Pitbull, and, like, Manny was kind of chasing him, and Pitbull kind of had to, like, had to, like, run away with his back turned at times, you know what I'm saying? Like, it got to that point in that fight, too. Like, Casey was like, damn, bro, like, I'm hitting this kid with, like, every single shot, and he, and he won't quit, and he's throwing up triangles, he's throwing up arm bars, he's and he cut Casey open, wide open with a spinning elbow after Casey hurt him. Like, Wevala's madness, man, and, he, and, and that willingness to take chances and, and, you know, not be afraid of bad spots. And, and now he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so he's throwing up them triangles and them arm bars up at a rate that is like, man, this kid never stops. And, and honestly, I didn't think he'd have success like this. Like, I, I thought, you know, maybe he'll run into, you know, somebody that will hold him down. And maybe Moreno is that guy to hold him down and, and point wrestling, which is, you know, kind of the way he's lost in the past, like against Casey Kinney and other guys. But, man, I, I really like the potential. Like, you know, uh, and another thing we can mention, uh, Roy Val was working at like a, a juvenile prison, bro, getting like four hours of sleep, you know. And now he's got a full time, uh, you know, he's a full time fighter now, man. And I feel like. Like that might possibly be the reason why he looked so much improved against Kai Kara France and was able to get him out of there in the fashion that he did. Because now he, you know, he's not, he doesn't have that, uh, that job overset. But Moreno, look, man, Moreno's an elite 125er, and and I think that you know, look, we can't forget that you know Moreno's probably saying, look, bro, I already, I already exposed Kai Kara France. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, bro, I already, I already whooped Kai Kara's ass, bro. <laughs> like. You know, uh, and Moreno did, and look, Moreno's just solid everywhere. He, he took down Askar Askarov. He, you know, uh, you know, in that fight, the reason why I feel like they probably scored it a draw is because Askar had like four takedowns. But you know, uh, yeah, I, I did feel like Moreno did enough to get the job done. But Moreno's a tough guy. It's gonna be hard to beat him. His boxing solid. I still feel like his defense is a little shaky. He fights with his hands down and he lunges over a lot. And I see. A lot of openings for the knees, but there's no denying. I definitely could see Moreno exploiting Moreno, uh, Roy Val's wrestling. You know, possibly he did take down Asgard. He, you know, and he's just a, and he's super experienced. He's paid his dues, earned his way back. He's one of the more experienced, uh, you know, flyweights. But, you know, this win over Formiga, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I feel like it's an even playing field just because I know he beat Formiga, and I know that's why he's a, a big favorite. But, guys, like, you know, Juicy Formiga, like, the second he lost that fight to Benavidez, it's over. Because, look, he's 37 years old, 36 years old. You think at 36, 37... He's, he's out gonna, the UFC. Yeah, he's out the... I forgot about that. You know, but I'm saying, like, you know, at 36, 37, you think you're going to work your way back up to a title shot, you know, for the for the fourth time? Like, hell, bro, it's over. Like, it's about to, you know, sink into retirement is what's about to happen. So, you know, I, I would love to come out here and say, you know, uh, you know, um, Moreno, uh, you know, that win over Formiga was impressive, but, you know, in my honest opinion, 
I think damn near half the flyweight uh, top 10 would probably run through Juicier Formiga at this point. I mean, you saw what happened when Alex Perez fought him. The fight was over in like two minutes. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, imagine what, what happened if guys like, you know, uh, uh, shit, fucking, who's the next flyweight uh, top 10 prospect? My boy, uh, David Dvorak, you know what I'm saying? You know, imagine if David Dvorak kicked them legs, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, this is an even fight, man. And I'm going to go with Roy Vall. I feel like the momentum's on his side. I'm interested to see if he does get that vet, that vet lesson, but I think he catches Moreno with the knee at some point. Uh, and, and just, even if it goes three rounds, I see, I think that he throws more too, uh, you know, I feel like he's always popping the jive out there, always fainting. And, you know, this guy's 5'9", man. He's a 5'9 flyweight. So I feel like that gives a lot of these guys big problems that length in that range. So we'll see. Now, next up in the light heavyweight division, we got a matchup. We got a rematch between Mauricio Shogun Hua. He's 27, 11, and 1. And Paul Bearjew Craig is 13, 4, and 1. Currently, they got Paul Craig minus 170. The comeback on Mauricio Shogun is plus 150. So you know how I've said in the past that if I would have told you five years ago that Paul Craig would go to a draw with Shogun, you'd laugh in my face? Well, now I'm going to say if I would have told you Paul Craig would be a minus 170 favorite over Shogun, you'd fucking fall over and start dying laughing. Well, that's the case now. But, I mean, listen, Mauricio Shogun, or as we like to say in Brazil, Mauricio Shogun is getting up there in age. You think he's got enough to muster up one last win here, or you think it's just uh, Paul Craig's time? And this is a good fight. Uh, Shogun gets wobbled every single fight. We know that. So, you know, if you're taking that dog shot, just know. But, man, it kind of makes me feel like I, what I feel about this fight is kind of I feel like uh, – you know, I just feel like Shogun maybe should still be, like, in terms of the market value, still be lying the favorite or at least, like, you know, slightly pick him just because, you know, look, when you look at Paul Craig's fights, and, and the 205 division has changed a lot. A lot of these young guys are, are making their way ups. But, you know, I still feel like, and, I, and I'm not saying he hasn't made improvements. His striking has definitely improved, like, 100%. Um, and and, and I and I do, and I, and I do think I'm gonna pick him to win this fight. I do think the momentum's on this on the side. He's younger, fresher. Um, it's just from a betting perspective, uh, on a guy with his style. And it, just look at what he's been through recently. He fought Alonzo, um, got knocked out by Alonzo Minifield, who personally I feel like is extremely overrated. Uh, at least going into the Clark and the uh, uh, OSP fights. Um, in which he, you know, got exploited. And, and you know, he's only beat Mamouch, uh a draw with Shogun, just due to the fact that Shogun just always has to damn near get knocked out. <laughs> but, uh, and then he beat, uh, and then he beat Antigolov his last fight. You know, definitely took care of Biz, but those guys suck. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I think Shogun would beat those guys too. I feel like Shogun can definitely win this fight. It's just about his chin, and I'm not confident that he is, I mean, he might get knocked out, but from a betting perspective, I say a shotgun or pass, but from a pick perspective, I'm going to take Paul Craig. I do think he's younger, and I do think he's making strides in this game uh, with the striking. It's just that, like, I don't feel like his resume is necessarily done enough yet to, uh, I mean, but hey, the guy fucking finished Anchor Live. I don't know how, but he ain't going to submit shotgun, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you might knock him I out. Hope. <laughs> like, I hope. <laughs> like, 
fucking he ain't gonna submit Mauricio. Like he might knock he might knock him out, but I I, I think uh, it's Shogun from from a betting perspective, but uh, Craig from a pick I, I, I'll take Craig. This is a tough one because Paul Craig has been making improvements, especially in his stand up. Like a couple of years ago, there's no way in hell he would have thrown that big combo in the first round against Shogun. He would have got flatlined. But man, it sucks to see a guy like Shogun getting wobbled every single fight. Uh, but I mean, with his style, you know, I mean, I know Shaq remembers when Shogun was like 16 years old having those brawls in dudes' basements, like fucking on YouTube. I know you remember that shit. And then the Pride days, the earlier UFC days he had, you know, he won the belt. Shogun's a legend, man. He you will know, be in the uh, Hall of Fame for sure. You know, in shootbox back in the day, they just used to show up and fight. Yeah, like they don't even stretch or anything. They just throw on the gloves. If there's a mouthpiece, put it on. If not, no big deal. Like just go, just just scrap. Like BJ Penn used to say, you know. So Shogun's a true legend, future Hall of Famer, former champion. But man, he's still winning fights. Uh, you know what I mean? He's on a good run. Like he's won like what four of his last five. You know, beat Corey Anderson, beat a couple other guys along the way. He's still got that one punch knockout power. It's just the durability is kind of waning and the speed as well. He's not as fast as he once was. He's not as explosive. You're starting to see the love handles from my boy Shogun. Uh, but he still knows how to fight. He, he's been a fighter his whole life. And with Paul Craig, like I said, this, the stand-up's improving. But the biggest threat with Paul Craig is he's opportunistic with submissions off his back. You know, he's got a very good triangle choke. But I saw Shogun in his guard for like two rounds, and he didn't come close to sniffing a, a triangle choke there. So that's good but then again it was might have been due to the fatigue of uh paul craig i'm kind of curious how that fight was a draw like i did not score that first round of 10-8 and the third round well, it's like because, shogun won because they counted that that flurry that he had as like a, a near fight finishing thing and man, these judges, it wasn't these, though these these judges these days you just got to be especially in that apex man you got to be very aware i mean look uh, look i want another i mean uh we, got, we still got about 20 more minutes. I can go to, like, 2.15. Um, but, like, like for example, man, I was watching Calvillo and I before we were talking, right? And, and personally, I scored at 50.45 for uh, Calvillo. Now, you know, when the scorecards got read, you know, I heard 2.49.46s, but then I heard a 3-2. to two. I was like, well, like, just the fact that someone could score two rounds for I, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, it's crazy. You remember the Pedro Munoz decision? I was like, like no. <laughs> Dude, what, what about what about that Kay Hansen fight? Like, no, like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> I, like, I, I was like so confident she won. I walked away from the TV. I was like, oh yeah, Kay got that easily. It's like, like, it's like, and then I, I come like, back. It's like you're already clapping the hands and stuff, and they're like, oh. <laughs> And, and I come back and Corey's doing the interview. I was like, wait, they interviewed the loser too. And then it says winner by decision. I was like, wait, are you serious right now? So man, these judges, you'd think it's, it's been getting better. It's been getting worse. And like, for example, now they have use of instant replay. Then you saw Goddard call that submission with the JP bias fight where the guy didn't tap. The guy didn't go to sleep. He doesn't even check replay. Like they don't, they have no accountability, no responsibility, no nothing. It's insane. Hey, but judge, uh, judge, bro, did you see the gravely and the Freitas scorecards? Like it, the, some of the things that they're trying to, and like, so I, you know, I, I did have a bet on RDA and obviously, you know, I, I obviously thought I won 50, 45 easily, you know what I'm saying? And then turns out I hear a 48, 47. I'm like, Felder, I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like they're out here trying to uh, purposely, you know, fuck people over, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
shit's insane. But man, as far as this fight's concerned, I think that if Shogun doesn't get knocked out with something in the early going, that he's got the more power standing, that he can mix in the takedowns. He's just got to avoid getting finished. If this goes to scorecards, I see Shogun winning the fight. I'm going to pick him to win outright. And I think at the betting window, it is a dog or pass situation. I'm not going to disrespect the legend. I'm going to go with Mauricio Shogun Hua to knock out Paul Craig this time. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Caitlin Chukagan, she's 14 and 4, and Cynthia Calvillo is 9 and 1. Currently, they got Cynthia Calvillo minus 265. The comeback on Caitlin Chukagan is plus 225. So, man, I like Cynthia Calvillo a lot. I felt like this weight class that she moved up to is the right weight class for her. I mean, she's always been super tough and she's mean as well. You know, like when she gets on top of these girls, she's either finishing with a sub or she's got vicious ground and pound, like in that Marina Rodriguez fight. But she can take it too. I mean, you saw what she took against Marina to come back and win that third round. But now that she moved up a weight class, I mean, she goes out there against Jessica I. She didn't just beat her on the mat, she beat her standing too. Her striking is getting a lot better and with Caitlin Chukagan listen I respect her game the tennis sounds running around and making sounds especially with no crowd there you know the judges love that shit but man you know she mentioned before her last fight that you know she's looking to, to get out the game to have a baby to do the whole bit you know when they start talking retirement that's when you go the opposite side and then she gets stopped in the first round you know with a body shot not saying she's gonna get stopped in the first round here she might but I, I just think that Cynthia's a lot hungrier. I think Cynthia's got a point to prove. We've already seen Caitlin in there with Valentina. It's time for some new blood in the division. I'm going to go with Cynthia Calvilla, Calvillo to get this one done. Yeah, man, I feel like Chukagan was running her mouth big time before that last fight. And, and you know, she went out there and kind of made a fool of herself. You know, I feel like, uh, and, you know, she was mentioning that baby talk. And, and you know, uh, and Calvillo, yeah, she looked real good. And Calvillo's always been a dog, man. You know, I always respected uh, Calvillo. Yeah, sometimes her fights can be a little, because, uh, I mean, look, she's not the, athletically speaking, you know, yeah, she isn't the fastest or the, the strongest or anything like that. But, man, when it comes down to, that fight IQ and that, you know, grit, man, that's what she's got. You know, she's only lost one fight to uh, Esparza, you know. And Carla kind of does hand out a lot of herself, so, you know, there's no shame in that. And, and, and you know, ever since then, man, this girl's been on a roll. I feel like she might come out here and not only, uh, you know, beat Chukagian, but might whip her ass, man. You know, Chukagian gives up the takedowns from time to time. And, you know, when Cynthia gets on top of these girls, man, it's a – it's a it's a different ball game. I know uh, Chukagian's a, a John Danaher, uh, you know, jujitsu a brown belt or something like that. So I know she's got a good game. And look, if Cynthia wants to stay on the outside and make this a point match, and, and if she's off a little bit, then yeah, you might you might start sweating your minus two sixty. And look, I see a lot of people saying, you know, had uh, Chukagian uh, not get knocked out, you know, in that fashion, you know, that this this fight would be lined a lot closer, but you know, Chukagian, she did get knocked out in the first round, so, you know. She's been knocked out in two of her last three. You know what I'm saying? She's been finishing to her, and not to mention she lost to Jessica I, so, you know, <laughs> I got to go with Chukagian, uh, not Chukagian, but Cynthia Calvillo to get this one. I just feel like she wants it more, and, you know, Cynthia's, like, got that real, you know, that Latina, that Latina fire, you know, she's got that, you know, her and Lauren Murphy, they like to, you know, they both got those potty mouths, you know, I, I'm liking uh, the, the top of the of that flyweight division. Now, next up, we got the featured bout in the welterweight division because Mike Perry, he's 14 and 6, and he's taking on Tim Means, who's 30 and 12. Currently, they got Mike Perry minus 150. The comeback on Tim Means is plus 130. So, 
listen, I know I uncharacteristically took Mickey Gall in the last fight, but there was a reason behind it, man. I feel like Mike Perry is unfocused right now. I feel like he, he's not training with Julian Williams. He's training with his girlfriend and some random dudes. And all three judges scored that fight 29-28. Now, regardless of if I agree or not, the fact that three judges scored that first round for Mickey Gall and Mickey Gall had any kind of success striking – that makes me think that a guy like Tim Means, who is an actual striker, who's an actual vet, can come out here and follow the right game plan to go out here and beat a guy like my Perry. The same game plan that Alan Juban laid out a long time ago. The same game plan that Max Griffin followed. Like it's just that Tim is getting up there in age, and you know Tim doesn't take the same kind of shots that he used to. But at the end of the day, in over forty fights, he's only been knocked out once or twice. So it's not like he's out here getting knocked out every single fight. But, you know, there were some alarming moments in that D-Rod fight, but I think D-Rod's a better boxer than Mike Perry. I think D-Rod's also a southpaw. I think he's trickier. But that being said, if my, if Tim Means can just stay disciplined here and, you know, mix in the whole MMA game, light him up standing, you know, parry those punches, throw down the middle, mix in takedowns, do the whole bit, and not get caught with that one big bomb, I think that he comes out here, and I think he beats Mike Perry, man. It's just that Mike Perry, one thing about him, he's a heavy hitter. No matter if he's training or not, he's a heavy hitter. So he hits Tim behind the ear. He hit Tim, Tim on the temple. He hits him on the chin. There's a chance Tim could go down. But these odds, I'm willing to take that risk, man. I'm going to go with Tim Means to get it done, and I think he makes it two wins in a row here. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I feel like Tim Means is the better fighter here, uh, you know, in pretty much every single aspect. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah, like you said, Perry, he is intense. He does have a way of, you know, you know, he is a junkyard dog. You know, he, he's, he's tough. Um, and Tim's tough, too, but, yeah, he's getting up there. But in terms of just the overall boxing skill, like, it ain't even close, to be honest. I mean, Mike Perry doesn't move his head. Uh, and Mike Perry just, you know, his last fight, he was just able to bully forward against Mickey. And Mickey actually looked pretty good in the early goings. It's just, you know, he can't fight fatigue. You know, he's only got seven fights, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think uh, and I think that uh, – before that, you know, when he you know, when look at every time he's fought, uh, Mike Perry's fought lefties. I mean, he struggled. Jeff Neal uh, knocked him out in the first round. Uh, and Tim Means, man, surprisingly, he looked really good that last fight. I know uh, Steripoli might not be on Perry's level, but I, I I agree. I think if Tim stays disciplined and, you know, offsets Perry's power with a couple takedowns and, and you know, just uses it to make him work and get in the clinch and, avoid that because I don't think Mike can keep up with the volume that Tim throws. I feel like Tim's going to just be popping the jab, straight punches, you know, all night long. That's where Perry's just going to be looking to, you know, do what he always do, looking to land a, a big hook. And I feel like if this goes to the scorecards, that Tim Means will win this decision by, you know, outlanding Mike Perry. It's just, you know, don't don't get dropped, uh, don't get dropped Tim more. You know what I'm saying? And I agree. I feel like D-Rod's got better boxing, and I, and I feel like, uh, uh, who else did he lose to? Um Recently, uh, Nico Price, you know, definitely, you know, Nico's got the, Nico's got that knack for doing crazy shit, man. So I got, uh, I got, uh, Tim Means as well, man. I feel like he should honestly be the favorite here. And I feel like everything that everyone was saying about Mike Perry, like, you know, like you were saying, it, I feel like now this is where, when it applies, you know, I feel like now you got someone that can actually go in there and get the job done and, and uh, has the skills to actually go out there and do it. So, and look, Mike Perry's a, he's a complete idiot. And, you know, I, he's funny. I, I like the guy, but you know, uh, He's showing up to this fight with his girlfriend and Malky and, and, and another guy that's not a fighter. So we'll see if he can if he can uh, 
if he can do it beat Tim Means with this corner. Because you know it didn't really shock me. Mickey, I know he can beat Mickey without a corner, but if he can beat Tim Means without a corner, I'll, I'll stand up in a platform. <laughs> <laughs> Co-main event of the evening for the flyweight belt. We got Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. She's nineteen and three, and Jennifer Maya is eighteen and six. Currently, they got Valentina minus thirteen seventy-five to come back on Jennifer Maya's plus nine hundred. Let's just keep it short and sweet. This fight ain't even about. Who's going to win? This fight is about what method is Valentina going to win by. That's the hardest thing to pick for this fight. Is it going to be a finish? Is it going to be a decision? Knockout? Submission? Like, what round? Like, how do you kind of... What kind of destruction is Valentina going to do? Is it going to be systematic, patient, or is it going to be right away off the bat? Like, like what do you think, man? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know she's going to whip her ass. It's just, uh, you know, uh, she might... She might uh, do the 50-43 version, the 50-44 version, or she might do the uh, the head kick version. I think my uh, – who, who, who Valentina fight last? Chukagian? Um, Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, but she's going to whip her ass. I mean, they need to just – what I want them to do is go ahead and, you know, they need to give Valentina a real fight, man. Like, it's, getting, it's starting to get to that point where I'm like, you know, come on now. <laughs> like, you know, no offense. And Jennifer Maya, I, I fuck with Jennifer. She actually follows me on uh, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, and, and I wish her the best of luck on, on Saturday night. But this probably uh, isn't going to end too well. But, uh, yeah, I must say, has I've seen Jennifer Maya get knocked out before, actually, by uh, by Sheila Gaff. You know, remember Sheila Gaff? Uh, she fought in the U.S. The German tank? Yeah, but dude, she knocked Jennifer Maya out fucking cold, bro. It was on. I saw it on Twitter earlier this week, but bro, she knocked Jennifer Maya out fucking unconscious. Like, it was bad. You should look it up. But uh, <laughs> Was it uh, Mr. Honky that posted that? or? Uh, I don't know, but fucking, she got, it was in Cage Warriors, but like, I'm sure it's on YouTube, but like, she fucking got knocked out. Like, so she has been, she has seen the darkness before, so uh but yeah i'm gonna say i'll say by submission yeah i mean look she got the title shot based off beating joanne caldwood in the first round by submission which like marina morose did a million years ago just gondrage already did it like congratulations if you haven't figured out how to do that murphy was like lauren murphy was like oh my god a black belt tapped out a blue belt (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean listen the only way valentina could lose this fight is like if she literally didn't train, which is something she won't do, she's the champion for a reason. She's trained every day of her life. Or if she got seriously injured or like a cut or some bullshit. So aside from a fluke, Valentina's going to win this however she wants. You said sub, I'll say knockout. Watch it be a decision. But either way, Valentina's getting it done. Main event of the evening for the flyweight belt. We got the champion, Davison Dice Dugea Figueredo, Davy God of War. He's 19 and 1. And Alex Perez is 24 and 5. Currently, they got Davison Figueredo minus 300. The comeback on Alex Perez is plus 250. So I'm hearing all this narrative about how if David, if if Alex can just avoid this finish, he's going to win the decision. And, like, do people forget that Davison won 30-27 on all three cards against Pantoja or something? Like, people act like he's this first-round you know, you know, or finisher bust guy, and that's such disrespect. You know, they say that, you know, people are still saying, I've seen so many times this week that Jared Brooks beat him. Like, oh, my God. Like what? <laughs> Jared Brooks tried to stall and hump his legs for dear life, and he and they want to parade around like they beat Davis. I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, 
I respect Alex Perez. I think he's got good calf kicks. I think he's got good power. I think he's big for the weight class, good wrestling background, definitely a very experienced guy, and I think that one day he will be ready for a title shot. I just think that right now it's a little bit too much too soon. You know, I think that Davison is primed to be the violence champ at flyweight. I think that he's going to come out here, and I think he's going to be a long-reigning champ, honestly. Man. division great again? Listen, him and Cejudo made the flyweight division great again. You know what I'm saying? And uh, – I think that I know it was a head clash against Benavidez for Alex, but it, but if a Benavidez head clash can put you down, what's going to happen when Davison touches you on the chin one time? So, no, well, you know, whether likes the head clash. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying whether it's whether it's a punch, whether it's a knee, an elbow, the heel, the knee. You know what I'm saying? A high kick, a submission, even a decision, whatever the case may be. Davison's got this one, man, um, and I'm very excited to see him officially defend his belt for the first time. It should be for the second time. You know the bullshit that went down the first time with the Benavidez fight, but you destroyed him in the rematch, and I heard that he's been using a lot of his money to put it towards a nutritionist, so that's the sign of a future long-reigning champion, and still the uh, the flyweight champion, Davison, God of War, Davy God of War, Figueredo. He's going to get this one done, man. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, we've been hyping, you know, my boy Deus up for for a while, and, and it's for a reason. The guy's killer instinct is second to none in that division. The only time that he's lost, yeah, it was to a guy that's not no longer in the company for Amiga, but you got to hear the backstory. I've heard it from Waleed Ishmael's mouth. He said that Davison, after he knocked out Moraga, low-key went off the deep end. You know, like you said, the, 50, the 50K curse. You know, <laughs> he knocked out John Moraga <laughs> and he gained like a bunch of weight. And then he kind of, I think he blew all his money partying. And then he took the, the Formiga fight super heavy, injured, and, you know, laid an egg. And then after that, I mean, you know, the rest is history. He went on this crazy run. Um, and I feel like he's always been the guy destined to be the champion. And I like Perez. You know I like Perez. I've been hyping Perez up for a long I, I actually bet him to beat Benavidez. Unfortunately, he got the head clash and he, uh, you know, wasn't able to continue. But, you know, I feel like the kid's got talent. And, yeah, there's a Davison fights with his hands down. There's a chance Perez could clip him. But, man, Perez is chinny, man. And, and, I, and I like Perez. But I, I truly believe that if Davison clips him around anywhere near that skull area, that chin, you know, I really feel like the kid's going to be doing ice skates, man. Even in that Shorty Torres fight, you can kind of see signs of it. Now, I know he knocked Shorty Torres the fuck out in the very first round, but, you know, there's there's signs where, you know, I, I could see his chin being exposed. But other than that, the dude's got a solid game. He trains with Marlon Vera. You know, he's been Marlon Vera's main teammate, you know, for – uh, you know, for a very long time. It's just Davison's a different animal, man. Uh, and, you know, what I've been hearing is, man, Davison, like you said, I hear my boy ain't, this ain't even going to be a tough weight cut. Usually the weight cut, the weight cuts is the real fight. You know what I'm saying? Usually well, Davison's weight cuts are nightmares. You know what I'm saying? But now I hear uh, my boy's been keeping that walking down weight super low. He's been training and I've been following him on IG, man. They, they uh they up in the thing ever since. Well, I don't know how much money he won that night, but fucking you know he's been uh he's got like a private gym now. It's Team Figueredo. Davison Figueredo is my pick, and still, and let's start this uh this uh path to making the flyweight division great again, man. I feel like uh you know for a long time it, it was getting super boring. It's great to have a champion like this. Well, Shaq, now we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, what is the fight to watch for UFC 255? Yeah, my fight to watch, man, is going to be Brandon Royval versus Brandon uh, Moreno, the Battle of the Brandons, so possibly a number one cons- 
contender fight in the flyweight division. Uh, man, this fight's going to possibly be madness. It's the it's the prelim main event leading right into the pay-per-view. I know a lot of people are shitting on uh, or the UFC for that, but this is the fight they're using so people buy the pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? They're expecting these two to come out here and throw down. And, you know, man, both of these guys have evolved a lot, so that's my fight to watch. I'm, I'm super interested to see what happens. Yeah, look, for me, my fight to watch is the featured bout between Tim Means and Mike Perry. I mean, when was the last time either of those two had a boring fight? They're literally going to go out there, stand and trade, possibly till one man falls, or maybe Tim Means can mix in some takedowns, show off that well-rounded MMA skill set. But either way, there's going to be some serious exchanges in that fight. There's going to be some real heat. So for that reason, Perry versus Means is my fight to watch. Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC 255? Yeah, my fighter to watch... Is going to be, I'm going to say my fighter to watch is going to be Tim Means, man. You know, I feel like Tim Means is always, like, under the radar, been, like, one of the fan favorites. But, you know, uh, he is getting on that tail end of his career. And I want to see Tim Means, you know, have a couple of, you know, a, a classic win or two, you know, before he goes out of retirement, man. You know, Tim's been through a lot in his life. And, you know, we're going to see him fight for uh, a few amount of times. And what better way to, to knock out Mike Perry? I mean, like... Everyone wants to see Mike Perry get knocked out. So, you know, uh, Tim Means is my fighter to fighter to watch. For me, you already know who my fighter to watch is. It's Nitrain, Jared Nitrain Gooden. Um, listen, this kid's been paying his dues for a long time. He's got about as much experience as you can get outside the UFC before making that debut. He's finally taking things seriously. And he's only 26 years old. He's just a kid. So I think we're going to see big improvements from him every single time. And he's a guy that shines when the lights are brightest. So I think he's going to have a great debut against Alan Juban on Saturday night. So for that reason, Jared Nitrain Gooden is my fighter to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday. Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. They can follow you at MMA Genius 05. They can follow me at Best Fight Picks. They can get our plays at bestfightpicks.com. Make sure you all go to manscaped.com and use that promo code BATTLE20, all caps BATTLE20, for 20% off and free shipping. Send me a screenshot that you use that code BATTLE20, and I'll hook you up with a matching Best Fight Picks package. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify all the places we are available. We truly appreciate all your support. We'll be back next week for the next card. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.